Well, hello and welcome to the first of our alumni series, Art of Influence. I'm Andrew Lavery, the Director of Sydney College of the Arts. So the Art of Influence series invites our alumni to reflect on their careers, art, artistic practice and broader cultural themes that inform their work. The idea is to both celebrate world-class alumni who have studied at SCA with a view to gaining insight, knowledge and inspiration for the next generation of great talent here at SCA and the university and current creative practitioners of all descriptions and the interested member of the general public. Um, today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Newson, CBE. Mark has been described as one of the most influential designers of his generation. He has worked across a wide range of disciplines and his clients include companies such as Apple, Louis Vuitton, Montblanc, Hermes, Nike and Dom Perignon. Mark is the only designer rep represented by the Gagosian Gallery and leading museums around the world have hosted solo retrospective exhibitions of his industrial design work. He has recently been appointed the chair of the London Design Museum's International Design Council. Mark was born in Sydney and graduated from the University of Sydney, Sydney College of the Arts in 1986. And um, I'm told by Mark that he studied in the jewellery studio there. It's my great pleasure to welcome him and thanks for joining us, Mark. Um, yeah, hi everyone. Thanks for um, inviting me. It's, um, it's a great pleasure to, to be here-ish, um, virtually, um, even though as you say I'm in Greece. Um, so what I studied, I mean, I guess, I, I'm not even sure if studied is the, is the right word because <laughs> I always think it's a weird, you know, studying, going to an art school is, is one of those things you don't really... Um, study so much as learn. I mean, obviously, there's a bit of historical sort of um, um, studying. But, but, but for me, the whole experience is really more of a practical one. Um, if, certainly, if I look back in, in retrospect, um, I um, spent most of my time in the jewellery um, and uh, well, the jewellery department, really, where I, where, I, where I mostly was learning, I suppose, the techniques that are taught to, to jewelers and silversmiths. But it was really um, during that period that I developed an interest in, in, in making things and specifically making um, furniture, oddly enough, um, in the jewellery department. So the combination of subjects, was some, there's some theoretical subjects in there as well? There was. I mean, during my first year, uh, it, it, you know, obviously that was a sort of a, a, a general sort of foundation year where, where I was doing a bit of everything. Um, and there was certainly a lot of historical um, um, learning, specifically relating um, to, to art and, you know, history of art. Um, and, and, it's, and it's curious now, of course, that I, um, you know, I'm sort of, I, I suppose I'm considered more of a designer than anything. Um, but I never studied design. Um, you know, I was uh, I was at art school, so yeah, that's uh, a kind of curious phenomenon, really, uh, and one that I'm very, very, very happy about. I felt that that you know during my time at at you know art school, I I really learned 
much more in a way that that suited me and my style of of uh, sort of assimilating information than I would have done at uh, you know in a in a more formal um, industrial design driven um, forum. Yeah, that's 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 interesting to hear that sort of feedback about an art school. Yeah. So in second and third year, in the second, third and third year of your degree, what path did you think you'd be taking after graduation? To be honest, I really had no idea. Um, the one thing I did know, even though I was studying, you know, in the jewellery department, you know, it was a very, it was, you know, we say jewellery, but it was a very esoteric course. Um, and I mean that in a, in a, in a positive sense. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure how many of the graduates actually went on to become jewellers in a sort of, you know, in the conventional sense of the, of the word um, or the term. Um, you know, we were, I think, taught to really explore a much wider range of, um, um, of things that, that related. It was more about sort of body-related objects, I suppose. Which is, you know, hence my my where my interest in sort of design and and furniture came from. But but as I sort of alluded to, it was you know that that really suited my 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 way of learning. It was far less structured, um, uh, and of course, you know, the last thing I wanted to do, well, the last thing I personally wanted to do, I can't of, of course say that for for everyone, but uh, was to was to go back into you know, I just graduated from high school. Um, absolutely hated doing exams. Didn't 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 excel in that in that sort of environment. So it really suited me to to be able to learn at my own um, to be able to learn at my own pace in, in an environment in which I I felt much more comfortable. Um, what do you think you took away in terms of critical skills from the art school? And how do you think that's informed your your career? Well, the the really critical skills that I that I believe uh, I learned and that I've I've sort of taken with me, you know, throughout my my life, uh, are very much very much practical ones. Um, at least at least you know, in in an obvious sense, I suppose. Um, you know, the the ability to learn how to make things actually was was really one of the the things that most benefited me. Uh, and, and that I really enjoyed, you know, I, I love learning how to do things, how to create things, how to make things, how to build things. And it was one of the most practically sort of oriented departments that I could have found myself in, you know, the sculpture department or the painting department were, were, were not really necessarily in the business of teaching people how to, you know, how to paint, um, which clearly is a, is a hard thing to do or, or make sculpture. Whereas in the jewelry department, um, uh, you know, it was it was it was a it was a lot more practical in that sense. Um, but then I suppose you know, looking back, I now realise that I also took with me you know a huge amount of knowledge, uh, sort of historical knowledge. You know, especially during the first year. Um, and if, and again, you know, I didn't really realise until much later on that that that. My interest in the art world, per se, um, you know, was was really defined by um, 
through my through my you know, those, those early years at at, at arts at, at Sydney College of the Arts, and the exposure that that gave me to you know to the history of art fundamentally. You studied at SCA when it was in Balmain, down at White Bay, and that was hailed as a very strong community. And I'm wondering how important that was to you. Yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting place. I mean, it was a fantastic, um, you know, sort of geographical location. Of course, um, it felt slightly isolated, which I suppose, relatively speaking, now it probably was. Um, and but although I think that was a good thing in a way um, for us, I mean, it gave uh, I think it gave the students a, a far, you know, a, a real sort of sense of independence. But I think you know collectively the the, the institution felt quite um, uh, you know it felt very very intact and very very whole and you know it, it was a it was a it was a it was a fun place you know lots of really really interesting people most of whom actually were um, I I'm not sure if that's the case now but but compared to myself many more mature age students with a with a with a really great diversity of, of of different people, um, you know, both young, old, uh, and in terms of gender, you know, that, 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 that was a really striking quality for me having come straight from high school, because I think I was probably in a minority of people actually. That's interesting. Yeah. And in terms of your materials, your style has a deep affinity with the understanding of the materials you use. And you work across so many different types and forms from ceramic to carbon fibre, micarta to metal, wood to plastic and glass. How do you approach your materials and how do you experiment or gain an understanding of them? Well, I've always thought that materials are really a means to an end. You know, materials are there to help us explore um, and to exploit ideas. So, you know, I'm not really fixated with any particular material suffice to say um i i'm interested and i'm fascinated by all types of materials but of course they need to be appropriate in terms of being a well in terms of solving the problem that that you're that you're sort of you know that you're faced with at the time and the other thing that i would say is that i think uh, you know, I personally would be very bored if I had to, you know, l- limit my repertoire of materials to say, you know, different types of wood or, or you know, or, or whatever else. You know, I I want to be able, um, in the same way that I I like to jump from sort of different um, areas of industry. You know, I, I like to work with different materials because. Uh, you know, learning is such an important part of of what I do, and every new material, every new process, every new technique that that you can expose yourself to will will make the next um, venture that much more not that much more easy, but that much more satisfying. Okay, now I do have a question from the audience here, um, and it's not really on the topic of materials, but it's more on. Um, concepts of influences and where this person's wondering what your favorite design is from another designer 
boy, that's a that's a really <laughs> that's a tough question. I, I I'd be very very hard pressed to I to identify one single object. I mean, there are just there are so many things out there um, that are both designed by you know by by an individual that's acknowledged um and there are so many wonderful things that are that are designed out there that that were created by an unknown individual or an entity of some of some description so um yeah it's uh it's 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 a really really tough one to sort of pinpoint to pinpoint one thing Having said that, I think um, the things that I like are vastly, vastly outnumbered by the things that I don't like. Just drilling down for a bit more for that person, um, if I was to ask you um, what was the best use of uh, materiality by a designer that um, you can think of? In a very, very, very contemporary sense, one would be sort of hard-pressed to look beyond some of the developments that 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 have you know driven materiality in say the aerospace industry or um or or perhaps even the marine industry i mean they're sort of heavily technical and and heavily specific but but the advent of sort of composites and um materials you know at the risk of sounding a bit you know too sort of techy um i think have, have led to some really sort of astounding um you know material breakthroughs that, that that have enabled us to you know you know to do things and i you know I, of course I, i'm not talking about um you know i'm talking mostly about hardware and not not sort of software related yeah so the aerospace space technology race car technology etc those sorts of um designers who come up with those yeah and and, and it's not just those you know, aerospace or whatever, it's it, it's how that sort of filters down into sort of everyday, you know, into our everyday lives, I guess. And all, and all of those things do, you know, they start in a certain place. Um, you know, by the time we as consumers are exposed to them, um, you know, they're, you know, they've really, they've had sort of profound um, unseen influences on on our lives and, you know, the way we do things. So how does working with engineers and technologies in their design limitations inform or frustrate um, your design or creativity? Well, I don't think it frustrates really at all. You know, I think, you know, compromise is a, is a, is a word that, you know, has such negative connotations, but that's just a very, very intrinsic part of, of my job. You know, we've got to sort of work together with, all manner of engineers, um, and I would even um, suggest that 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 a large portion of what I do and what my studio does is engineering. Really, you know, we're not just doing, or I'm not just, and have never just done sort of thumbnail sketches and and given it to you know an engineer in the commas to try and interpret for me and to turn into reality. You know, I like to deliver. <clears throat> I, do, I like to deliver concepts that are fully realizable and that involves a huge degree of engineering at the outset. So I think, you know, what, what I do, you know, is necessarily at least 50% engineering in itself. And just because I don't have a degree in engineering in the same way that I don't have a degree in industrial design, um, 
doesn't mean that 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 I can't or you know we can't you know exploit all of that expertise yeah, exactly the way we want to. Do you follow a set of linear design processes each time you are solving a new problem, or do you ensure that you complete a few key steps? You know, I, I like to um, work, or at least I found myself working in a very methodical, what I believe to be a very methodical way. Um, and, the, and the process that I go through is, is pretty much always the same in order to arrive at, at, at a solution that, that I'm happy with. Um, and, and, you know, that the, the process obviously starts in, you know, it starts with a brief of some description or at least, you know, a, a, a question. Um, and then, you know, requires quite a lot of thinking. And then um, in my case, a bit of sketching and then moving quickly to, 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 to working with technicians and computers and things to try and visualize, you know, what it is you want to do so in that sense the process is very very um you know uh it's 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 quite methodical and quite sort of regimented but i find just you know given the um the volume of of uh of, of stuff that i'm that i'm working on you know that that you've got to be quite disciplined about the way you the way you work and the way that you allocate your time um, not going, you know, going far enough, but not too far, um, in a direct, in a direction that may end up being sort of fruitless. So, so you, you know, I have found that over the decades, you know, I've developed a very, you know, a, a very regimented way, oddly enough, a very regimented way of working. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing particularly that's left to, to chance. Uh, of course, apart from, you know, the assumption that you're going to be able to, solve the problem which is not always a given you must have to set limits on things sometimes it's like well, how, how long am i going to spend on this particular part of the process yeah i mean the, interestingly that's one of the few things that i i don't know that i've been able to sort of manage you know i you know if if if, if you're not happy with something then you're not happy and there's really not much you can do about that you know you've just got to keep sort of plodding along until you can arrive at a at, a, at an answer and it's, it's very, very rarely that I'll abandon something because I, you know, but, but it does happen occasionally. But, you know, you'll go so far down um, a path and then, you know, come to the realization that it's just, it's something that's not possible to, to solve. But it's, it's a very rare, it's a very rare situation. But I, but I can find myself um, laboring over things for an inordinate amount of time um, or forgetting about it or, you know, leaving it for a while, coming back to it. Now, we should move on now to the next section, which is um, concerned with your international career. Um, so how do you think growing up in Australia has shaped your view of the world and your approach and your international career, if at all? Well, I think uh, that it has influenced me, obviously very much on a subconscious level, but, but I suppose in a, in a, you know, if I think about it on a practical level, it, it's enabled me to to work across a really wide range of uh, a broad range of mediums and disciplines because I'm not uh, I think because of where I grew up and, and, and indeed you know where I where I studied I you know I, I, I wasn't indoctrinated you know I, I felt that I I 
I didn't have a huge amount of historical baggage to sort of to deal with either either growing up or or in my teens or in my early early career um and i've witnessed that that that's really not the norm in fact if you look around especially in europe um i i think things are now far more international and far more homogenized but certainly you know when i first started working internationally I felt very different in the way that I, I felt far more liberated in a sense in terms of my ability to sort of jump from one thing to another without feeling um, that I was either unqualified or that I, I um, or that I was insecure to, to, to do that. And um, okay, now I have a, a related question from the audience that's come through. And do you think there is such a thing as Australian design? I mean, that's a good question, and I've I've been asked that one before. It's a, I, I think maybe there was beginning to be, but I can honestly say at this moment in time, I don't necessarily see it. And I, I don't necessarily see it for positive reasons, and I don't see it for, for, for you know, practical reasons, because, you know, the world is just a, a, a much, much smaller place than it was. I, I mean, you know, everything is just so interconnected now. You know, I, 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 I personally would struggle if you were to present me with 10 different designs and, and challenge me to identify which one was more Australian than the next. You know, in the same way that I'd struggle to to identify that an idea was was executed by a Japanese designer as opposed to a sort of Brazilian designer. I think one of the really positive aspects of, of the world that I work in is that it is truly international by definition. Yeah. There's not one country. It would be very, very difficult for me to be able to work in one place, as it is for many, many other designers. You know, it's a really, truly international industry. Um, and, and unlike so many other creative industries, there's nothing geographically specific about what I do. To know what your experience was and challenge um, in the early part of your career of taking your product from Australia to the international sphere? The simple challenge, the simple biggest challenge, greatest challenge was presenting uh, a convincing and resolved concept. And, and the only way I could do that was by, by making it. <laughs> it's, it was quite sort of, it's quite a rudimentary problem in a way you know i didn't have the means to engage other people to to prototype or manufacture ideas that i had i was really left to to be able to through necessity to, to do it myself and that ended up being a, a really great skill to develop and it meant that i could then present fully formed real ideas to people you know rather than sketches um and, and and design because i think you know the world has really really changed in terms of of our ability to to build three-dimensional objects or prototype things um but but 
you know, 30 or 40, you know, well, 30 years ago, let's say, um, you know, the world was a very different place. And, um, you know, if, if you wanted to be taken seriously, you, you, you know, you, you, you kind of had to show people that what you were, you know, that, that the idea you were championing was, was realizable. Um, we're just wondering where you draw your inspiration from your designs. Yes. Well, well, you know, it's because of the way that my, my, you know, I hesitate to call it an industry or my, you know, my metier, whatever you want to call it, the, the way that it works, you know, it's a sort of self-perpetuating um, situation. I'm simultaneously inspired by all of the other projects that I've done in the past and they influenced me heavily in terms of the materials, the technologies, the, the techniques that I, that I, that I use. Um, of course, as you as you alluded to, there's the, the, the brief or the challenge that you've been set in the first place. But for me, it's largely about establishing a set of um, sort of as concrete as possible uh, or as, con- you know, parameters that you can sort of work within. So as you're, you're sort of defining the boundaries of the, um, of the challenges that you face and, 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 and trying to sort of present it to yourself in a in a digestible in as digestible way as possible, and um, I think drilling down with that one, um, just in terms of audience questions, um, they're always looking to see uh, what sort of uh, historical design work or contemporary design work you might look at for inspiration. The sad reality is, I probably spend far too little time looking at what's going on in the world of contemporary design. Um, but it also has to be said that, you know, designers like myself, you know, can't really, often can't see the wood for the trees. You know, our, our primary, um, you know, our primary, you know, I'm a troubleshooter. I'm a kind of a gun for hire. You know, I spend pretty much all of my, t- my time sort of searching for solutions to the problems that I'm presented with. And I, I like to, I like to to identify the answers from within my own sort of repertoire, my you know, fr- from from the kind of the, the catalogue of, of of responses that I've that I've built up over the last decades. You know, call that my style or or, or whatever, but but it's almost as if I've I've sort of defined a rule book for myself, and it's not that I can't stray from that, but it just helps me to. Um, to maintain a level of, of consistency. And I find the more that I look, you know, it's not that I don't look at what's going on in the outside world, but I'm, I'm, I'm acutely aware that I don't necessarily want to be influenced by contemporary trends either. So I have a question here from the audience. Um, it's this, I worked for Mark Newson for almost 10 years and an MA and PhD student at SCA. My question is regarding how he has managed to navigate both fine arts and the commercial sectors while still maintaining a level of creative personal integrity. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear I've maintained some personal integrity. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Um, it's a, for me, I think all of those worlds, you know, whether it be the, the, the fine art world or the, 
or the world, the, the, let's say, at the other end of the extreme, the very, very industrial design world, for me, they all feed a, a, a sort of a singular um, interest that I have, but they, they do it in, in, in very, very different ways. Also, what I enjoy very much is the, the, the different uh, cadences that all of these industries work at. You know, I mean, when I'm working, say, towards an exhibition at the gallery that I work with, um, well, the, yeah, the galleries that I work with, I guess, specifically Gagosian, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much left to my own devices to do what I want, when I want, how I want within the budgetary constraints that, that I define. Um, and in many ways, that's an even harder brief than, than, than working in the, in the sort of the vanilla world of industrial design where, you know, the parameters are largely defined for you. Nevertheless, they all, they all feed and inspire different ways of solving the same problems and they all influence each other. So I don't think I'd be as effective in, you know, doing a show at Gagosian um, successfully, or I'd like to think successfully, uh, if, if, I, if I hadn't gained, you know, the experience that I have, um, you know, from, you know, having worked, say, uh, you know, in the commercial aviation sector or something as, you know, seemingly as mundane as that, and, and, and vice versa. You know, I remember, um, you know, I've done quite a lot of work with Nike over the years, and, um, and then I went on to design, you know, various bits of luggage for, for different companies like, you know, Vuitton and in the early days, Samsonite. But, but I can remember being heavily, when I first designed my, you know, a, a range of luggage for Samsonite, I was, I was mostly influenced by, by what I'd been exposed to at Nike, um, working on, on sneakers. And for some reason, they seemed to, to have a lot in common, those two industries, which is not a, you know, a, not an obvious, you know, parallel that one would draw. I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm sort of digressing a bit here, but I think, you know, but basically I find all of those things are necessary for me to both, you know, to sort of inspire myself and to, you know, so I don't get bored quite frankly. So we're just wondering how much um, of your work is actually influenced by what's going on um, in the world around you. I think it would be um, uh, well. It's, it's all influenced by everything that's going on. I mean, I I think one of um, you know, and I've always said this that it, you know I'm hugely inspired and influenced by contemporary culture in general. You know, whether it be film, whether it be music, whether it be fashion, whether it be architecture, and I'm not sure that's a you know, having an interest in all of those things is something that 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 is 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 um is necessarily you know promoted in 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 all of the you know in, in institutions. But but I find that it's really critical to have an interest in all of those things because you know how how else could can you even hope to appeal to you know a, a greater sort of public. Um, you know, I was having this conversation the other day with, with someone in the automotive industry and just 
you know, I was lamenting how, how myopic that, that industry is. And, and I know why. Um, and I think it largely has to do, well, one of the reasons is because there's just so little, um, there seems to be so little reference to anything else that's going on in the, in the wider world of the sort of contemporary culture. We're moving to the final stages now. Um, so I might um, just finish it up with one question and um, it's from an audience member and they're wondering what advice you would give to designers who want to become design leaders like yourself. What were the pivotal moments of your career and what advice would you give to them to um, sustain their career or accelerate it? Well, probably, yeah, accelerating, sustaining, I guess, um, you know, depends on, on the ability to sort of generate a livelihood through, through what you're, you know, through what you're doing, which, you know, is presumably wanting to be a designer. I, I again, I keep coming back to um, what I feel is the importance of being able to do things yourself. Um, and I wouldn't uh, necessarily um, look to, you know that that you you know your horizon was sort of limited by your ability to go and work with a with a with a you know a design firm. I mean, if you couldn't do that, I I'm I've always been a big believer in doing things yourself and and you know attempt you know why not I don't I try to you know make a company you know build a build build your own things, market your own things, create your own things. I mean, there are so many ways of doing that now that didn't exist when I was, um, you know, learning to become a, a designer, you know, getting something going on Kickstarter or whatever. I mean, yes, I think it's always important to have professional experience and, you know, perhaps whether that be working with a design agency or a design firm or, or whatever. But, but I think, you know, d- developing a... Um, a, a, a type of independence that can help you in so many ways. Well, Mark, that's very, very good advice. And um, so that actually brings us to the end of the webinar. Um, and I'd just like to extend my gratitude to you, Mark, for joining us and also the audience. And um, we wish you all the best for the rest of your break in, in Greece. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Sydney Ideas podcast. For more information, head to sydney.edu.au forward slash sydney hyphen ideas. It's where you'll find the transcript for this podcast and our contact details if you'd like to get in touch with a question or feedback. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a new episode. Search for Sydney Ideas on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Finally, we want to acknowledge that this podcast was made in Sydney, which sits on the land of the Gadigal people of the Euro Nation. It is upon their ancestral lands that the University of Sydney is built.